Welcome to Metal Minutes by Cornerstone Building Brands, a podcast series where we talk about hot topics in the metal construction industry. Welcome back to another episode of Metal Minutes by Cornerstone Building Brands. I'm your host, Lexi, and this is part two of our Lessons Learned from COVID series based on our recently published white paper. In part one, we talked about the new pricing reality and how COVID impacted different pricing strategies, both at the peak of COVID and in the years to come. Today, we will dive into the world of human resources, including safety protocols, identified obstacles, and lessons we learned along the way. To help me answer these questions, I have Cheryl McAuley. She is the Vice President of Human Resources for our Shelter Solutions segment of Cornerstone. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Lexi. Happy to be with you today. So, Cheryl, looking back at the last two years or so, in what ways did COVID affect your department? Yeah, I I feel like the um, the HR team was thrust full throttle into you know figuring out how to navigate COVID nineteen. This was really uncharted waters for HR organizations. You know, not only our HR organization, but any HR organization. You know, how do you deal with a pandemic? Um, I don't think there was a playbook um, f- for that anywhere, and so. Um, I joined the Cornerstone Building Brands organization and the commercial or now shelter solutions team in 2020. And so the team had a lot of um, great best practices already established um, for employees and and managers. And so really it was it was picking up what the team had had already um, done in the beginning and ensuring that we were um, following the guidelines, implementing them properly, looking at each situation and its uniqueness in order to provide the um, safest work environment um, possible, knowing that, you know, we're in a manufacturing environment, our pe- our business still has to run and our people need to, we need people to do that. So they need to come to work every day. So how can we put protocols and practices in place that are going to, number one, allow employees to feel comfortable coming to work, safe coming to work, and then want to come back again the next day. Um, And so there was lots of, um, you know, kind of try and see how things work. How do you get people to, you know, socially distance appropriately when they're working on a line together? Um, all of those th- things were challenges that we had to address and and ensure that we were um, following those types of protocols. So I don't know that our team was prepared for it. I don't know that the leadership team was prepared for it in terms of, you know, managers and supervisors, but um, certainly it was something that we were all in it together. Um, we just had to figure out how to navigate it appropriately. And, you know, looking back now, I think that the team um, did a fantastic job. We did the best we could with what we were working with and what we knew, which is, you know, what was coming out from the CDC. Um, And we based all of our guidelines on um, CDC recommendations um, and requirements. And we monitored um, COVID rates amongst employees in different plants across our business. Uh, you know, we provided, you know, the right uh, protocols related to quarantine, return to work, and uh, and just making sure that there were safety practices in place when people arrived on site, you know, within the plant to 
to ensure proper signage for social distancing, providing masks, providing hand sanitizer, and things like that for for everyone. So going back, you had mentioned at one point, um, you don't think that HR or leadership or anybody was prepared, but to be fair, who in the world was prepared? You <laughs> right. know? Um, I, I think every um, safety protocol, every strategy, every rule that was put in place, that there wasn't a lot of time to think about them or to test it out or, you know, it had to be done very quickly and immediately. So I, I think we all deserve a pat on the back just for making it to this point. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great example, Lexi, of sort of building a plane while you're flying it. So navigating COVID while you're in it. Right. Our our guidelines, so our COVID guideline, I think we're on like version 32. Like that's how fast things were changing, you know, especially in the height of COVID. The protocols, you have to quarantine for this number of days. No, 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 you have to quarantine for this number of days. And, you know, just things were changing so rapidly. It was constant updates um, and making sure that everybody was informed. So for our business, I, like you said, we have our manufacturing plants, we have products that still need to be produced. So some people were not able to work from home while some were able to take their laptops, take their work phones, and we, they were able to proceed with, with remote work. But how did your team go about providing materials and resources to those who could not work remote? Really all it was was some basics, right? So making sure that our employees that were required to come to work because the work that they do um, can't be done remotely, um, which is basically all of our manufacturing employees, um, which is 80% of our workforce. Those folks making sure that we were providing them with the proper safety equipment. So a mask, hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, that we had proper signage in place. Um, all of that stuff was, you know, really our obligation, in my opinion, to make sure that we had that available to employees if we were requiring them to either wear a mask or um, socially distance. Let make sure we're clear on where where you can stand and where you can't stand when you when you have multiple people working a line. Th that that's incumbent upon the employer to provide those those basic things. And so I think we did just that. Okay. Now on the other end, those that were able to remote work, can you talk a little bit about some of the obstacles that we faced or that the HR team faced, uh, at least at the beginning? I know that, that was probably a learning curve for a lot of employees. Um, so can you talk a little bit about some of the obstacles and how we overcame them? Yeah, I wasn't here at the very beginning of COVID. I wasn't with Cornerstone Building Brands. So I don't know that I fully appreciate, I'm sure there were bumps um, to navigate. When I came in, everybody was fully remote. So I joined the organization and everyone was working fully remotely who could. And at that point in time, everybody was in somewhat of a routine, right? So utilizing teams, onboarding employees virtually was very much in practice and everybody felt relatively comfortable with that. I think we all had to get used to using our cameras a lot more during the pandemic. How do you build relationships with coworkers and maintain them when you're virtual and um, using your your video is is an important part of that. And so I think, you know, employees got used to that to varying degrees. And then managers had to learn how to manage remote workers. Um, so how do you drive accountability when you can't see what someone's producing necessarily? 
And so managers and supervisors had to get really clear on expectations and ensure that they were communicating them clearly, that there was alignment with the employee so that there there weren't disconnects, you know, whenever that you might not experience if you were, you know, in a shared office space together. So um, when I joined that, those sorts of kinks and bumps were were pretty well worked out. But, you know, I, I would say, you know, technology enabled relationships. So the use of video, I think, really helps to um, enable those connections in, in a more meaningful way than just sort of using the phone. Um, I know I felt the video fatigue. I use my camera all the time. And there are some days where I'm like, I just not have my camera on. <laughs> um, but it's been a way for me to build relationships um, when I'd otherwise be remote. That's great. So while the whole industry was turned upside down and everyone is adjusting to new working conditions, at the same time, you're doing what you have to do to keep your employees safe. Uh, there was a lot of volatility around emotions and politics at the time. So how did you navigate in that space to make sure that you stayed neutral and sensitive to everyone's viewpoints? Yeah, certainly it was a, a highly politicized topic um, and and navigating that wasn't necessarily easy. But we we grounded ourselves, I would say, in two things, Lexi. So the first is one of our core values is safety. And so our main obligation is to ensure that we're providing a safe work environment for all employees, regardless of their political views or personal views of COVID-19. And then second is we grounded all of our protocols in what the CDC was recommending. So um, this wasn't us just sort of making it up or um, putting our own personal views into what these things should be. It was It was really, okay, what's the center of disease control telling us? And then how are we going to design a guideline or, or policy around that? Um, that, you know, is applicable to everyone and, you know, weeds through all the noise that the politics of the day um, were offering on COVID. Okay, great. So we've talked about our reaction to COVID and how our HR teams responded with safety protocols and ways to keep productivity and morale high. Um, let's shift gears and talk about moving forward. So what are some of the lessons we learned from COVID-19 and how will it affect our industry in the years to come? Yeah, I, I, this is not necessarily an effect to our industry. I think this is across the board. I think people are looking at work differently. And I think, you know, you've heard of the great resignation. Um, yes. This COVID is, is the impetus for the great resignation, right? People are choosing to reprioritize their lives having had this experience and um, they want different things from their employer. They are looking for greater flexibility. And it's employers who recognize that, you know, the needs of employees have changed. Um, so there are some fundamental things that haven't. But um, it is more important than ever that employers look at their talent as whole humans, right, that have a work life, that have a personal life. And we have to figure out how to accommodate those both. 
and um, flexibility going forward is going to be the key to success for employers, whether it's in our industry or outside of our industry. Um, those who can crack the code on offering flexibility to um, a manufacturing workforce will win in this environment. And those who aren't able to do that are going to continue to struggle with um, retention challenges and uh, turnover. So I think I think the really the landscape for employers has has truly changed and uh, we continue continue to see employees make choices to um, leave their organizations and oftentimes not go anywhere. So it, it, it is a very challenging um, environment. And I would say the focus now is on um, driving an employee experience that can offer flexibility, not only for our employees that work in an office one of our offices or now remotely, but also um, within, especially within the manufacturing environment. It's a mutually beneficial relationship, but it is incumbent upon um, the employer, I believe, to understand, be empathetic that people are um, whole people and it's not just about the work and that we have to figure out how do we offer more flexibility within our work environments. Yeah, I think you worded, worded that really well. So sticking with our series theme of lessons learned from COVID, is there any other advice that you can offer to our customers or our listeners? I say this to my team all the time, and I think I would give this advice to anybody, but um, we firmly believe, I firmly believe that when you care for your people, they will take care of your customers. And so I truly believe that it's um, our job as HR practitioners, so my team, to help instill and um, grow leaders for our organization that will care for their people um, so that they can care appropriately for our customers. That's a great outlook. Well, Cheryl, I appreciate you jumping on today to provide insight into the world of HR and safety. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Lexi. I appreciate it. Stay tuned for part three of our Lessons Learned from COVID-19 series, where our topic will be the use of technology and how it was implemented to assist at the height of COVID-19. Hey, fellow metalheads. Thanks for listening to our episode. For more information, visit the blog section on our website or visit our podcast page for similar topics. Want to become a Metal Insider? Sign up for our newsletter for exclusive industry news and updates.